from the Brainswell Media Studios, welcome to Ad Sales Nation with your host, Ryan Dorn. Each month, Ryan digs deep on the issues and challenges facing media salespeople like you every day. Ryan is a 28-year media veteran, an Emmy winner, a sales coach, and he still sells media every day just like you. Now, your host, your coach, your fellow media sales warrior, Ryan Dorn. All right, friends, you have found it. If you sell media, if you sell advertising, you are a part of the Ad Sales Nation. Hey, I'm Ryan Dorn, and I'm a part two. I sell media every day just like you. That rhymed. Did that rhyme? It did rhyme. (laughs) Welcome, everybody, to the Ad Sales Nation podcast for the month of January 2018. Holy cow. January is here, and it's upon us. Hope you're having a great uh, 2018. Hey, we've got some great, exciting stuff for you here on the Ad Sales Nation podcast uh, this month. We're going to be talking about closing techniques of media sales superstars. And I'm sure all of you are aware, two or three Mondays ago, Facebook made a big announcement, which is going to affect how media companies are treated on Facebook, the platform, and also how your advertisers are going to be treated on the platform. So uh, I've actually reached out to one of our sponsors, January Spring. And so so Shannon McBride is going to be here from January Spring, and we're going to dissect that. And I think you're going to find it to be really, really helpful. So be, I'm really looking forward to that. So thanks, Shannon and Charity, for making yourselves uh, available and also for sponsoring uh, the podcast. And don't forget, um, you know, we've got right after this podcast in December, um, we had a podcast that was just incredibly popular. And I want to share that uh, with you. It was all about turning no budget into a closed deal. So after we talk about closing techniques today, and we talk to Shannon uh, from January Spring about Facebook, then we're also uh, going to be pushing you on to the next podcast, which is if advertisers say to you, I have no budget, how do you turn that? How do you flip that objection into a closed deal? Well, I'd be a pretty terrible sales coach and sales trainer if I didn't have some sponsors that I sold here of the podcast. So I only align myself with the top, the best of the best. I mentioned January spring. Uh, If you want to offer social or digital display or search or reputation management to your advertisers, uh, January spring is the agency to do that out of Denver. They're going to do the heavy lifting for you. You reap the profit. Find out more about their services online at januaryspring.com. The official CRM tool of Brainswell Media and, of course, the Ad Sales Nation podcast is the magazine manager and the newspaper manager. Uh, These publishing CRMs offer sales, billing, production, marketing, all in one integrated packages. Find out more online at magazinemanager.com or newspapermanager.com. The official digital publication provider of the Ad Sales Nation podcast and all of our clients is Blue Toad. It's not your typical PDF flipbook provider. So check them out. Blue Toad. Great folks. Blue Toad Publishing. And if you're looking to revamp your website, don't spend thousands and thousands of dollars uh, to do it. The official content management system of the Ad Sales Nation podcast is metropublisher.com. So reach out to those folks. Check out the gallery of sites. They've done a lot of magazine and newspaper websites, radio stations to metropublisher.com. Well, friends, I'm just so thrilled. I'm actually coming to you live uh, this episode from Cincinnati, Ohio. And uh, I'm here with Lesseter Media. Lesseter Media has been a client of mine for about eight years, and they put on a media event here, an event for their readers. Their magazine is called American Farrier's Journal, and they put on the International Hoof Care Summit here in Cincinnati each year. 
It is highly attended. It is highly profitable. It is highly respected. Uh, my friends at Lester uh, Media, all the folks from Mike and Frank Lester on down through the ranks, great folks, great company. So thanks so much. I'm here speaking to uh, their advertisers and their uh, and their vendors at their trade show. So it's going to be uh, just a great time. So thanks uh, to the Lester Media family for uh, hosting me here in the Ad Sales Nation podcast here in Cincinnati, Ohio. All right. So before we get to our listener questions, before we talk to uh, Shannon uh, from January spring, let's talk a little bit about closing techniques. I get asked this all the time. Ryan, I'm having a heck of a time closing business. What do I do? Uh, I'm hosting a call with an advertiser. I get to the end of the conversation. It's like, oh, it's crazy awkward. And you know, what do I say? And I don't want to come across as being sort of a used car salesman. What, what do I do? What's a good method? Well, I can share three or four with you that I think are going to work great. But first, let me tell you this. You have to find a closing technique for you, something that you like. You can't use a closing technique because I told you to do it. You've got to find a technique that you like, something that fits your modus operandi, your MO. You've got to find something that works for you. Now, with that said, I would also tell you this. Typically, the things that make you the most uncomfortable or the things that are the hardest work usually give you the best results. So as we go through these closing techniques, I'm going to share a few with you. As we go through these, you know, you might find one that just doesn't, it's like, I don't know. And just think about this. When you get out of your box, when you get out of your comfort zone, that, my friends, that is when you begin to really find some great, great success. So don't discount these. Think about them and give them a shot. Now, let's talk about the closing techniques, and then I want to give you an understanding of you need to control the follow-up. All right, I'm going to give you some advice on that in a second. All right, let me give you my favorite. My favorite closing technique is called the match game close. Okay, my favorite one is called the match game close. Now, I didn't come up with that. I've heard about it many, many years ago, but I use it all the time. This is where you match up the advertiser's needs that you've written down, taken notes on during the meeting, and how you will satisfy those needs. Let me give you an example. Uh, Mr. Advertiser, you said you needed new customers. I have 13,500 potential new customers with income high enough to buy your product. You said that you tried before and you got no return on investment from your media buy with us. I've shared with you three examples of business owners like you that are really happy with us. You said you only do social media. I'm being a little overly dramatic here. You said you only do social media. I showed you how our social media is more targeted and cheaper. I think we're a perfect match. Don't you agree? And they're probably going to say, well, yeah, let's get rolling together. What do you think? Let's get rolling together. What do you think? Now, why do I love the match game close? I really love it because it's full of enthusiasm. It's full of charisma. It's exciting. It's a great way to wrap it up. It's like the ending of a good movie. I mean, think about it. How many times does a movie end where the screen goes blank and you're like, is that it? Is it over? Just the screen goes blank. But we don't want that in a sales meeting. When we have a meeting with a client, we want to end on a high note. We want to end sort of on a bit of a bang. And that's where the match game close comes. 
It is for people that have a style that's charismatic. Charismatic. It's for people that want to close with a bang. Now, I'm being overly dramatic for effect because I'm hoping to keep you entertained for 20 minutes here <laughs> on a podcast, okay? But I really believe in the match game close. I like it because it matches what they said their pain points are. It matches to what you can do for them. And that's why I like the match game close. Now, another close that you might use, it's still strong, is called the value close. The value close. The value close is very simple. After you talk about your media products, you simply say, Mr. Advertiser, whatever, John, John, do you find value in what I presented? Can you see how this would benefit your company? The answer usually is yes. Great. Are you ready to start your marketing partnership with us? Or when are you ready to start your marketing partnership with us? Now, notice I don't say, when are you ready to sign on the dotted line? It's like, okay, easy now, easy now, whoa. So the value close can be good. I don't think it's as strong as the match game close, but it's still, you know, pretty good. Now, it wasn't uh, last night, as a matter of fact. I was coaching with uh, a couple of great sales executives. Uh, One of them, her name was Sarah. And Sarah really liked this next one because it really fit her personality. It's called the I'm Almost Forgot Close. It's called the I Almost Forgot Close. Now, this doesn't fit my personality. Uh, It does fit Sarah's, and this is no offense to Sarah. It just is her personality. Bubbly and kind of back and forth and sing-songy. Great, great salesperson. The I Almost Forgot Close is you're wrapping up the call with somebody, and you've said, we've done this, and we've talked about this, and we've done that, and we've got this, and... Thank you so much for your time. And, oh, I almost forgot to ask you, when are you going to make a final decision on this? And so what happens with the I almost forgot close is that the prospect thinks that you have brought this meeting to an end and you're basically about ready to hang up and then, bam, you spring it on them. Oh, I almost forgot. When are you going to make a final decision on this? Now, if this fits your personality, it does work because the guard of that, of that advertiser is down at that moment. They think you're wrapping up. They think that you're not going to ask for the order. And then all of a sudden you do. And that's okay. So the I almost forgot clothes could work for you. It just really kind of depends upon your personality. Now, another one I like, and not a lot of people like this because it's got a negative tone to it. It's got a darker tone to it. But I like it. It's called the no promises close. Now, the reason that I think the no promises close works is because it's ethical. So here's the no promises close. For example, I can't promise you that you'll find the success that these other companies that have advertised with us have found. I can't promise you that. And anyone that would make you that promise, hmm, I probably question that. But based on what I've learned from you, based on what I've researched online, based upon other customers we have that are similar to you, I think you would be very successful advertising with us. Are you ready to start working together? Are you ready to start working together? Now, the no promises close is very ethical, but what it does is it takes the conversation a little bit on the negative. I can't promise you this. I can't make you that promise, but based on what I know about you, what I know about the company, I think you'd be very successful with this. This fits people. It fits certain people that have an ethical barometer where they really feel like they need to be in full disclosure mode. 
I like this one. It does work, but it's got to fit your personality. It's kind of got to fit your style. So, you know, you kind of want to think about this one and, you know, figure out, hey, what do I want to do? Which closing technique do I want? Another closing technique I like, and that's the fear of losing close or the fear of losing out close. And this is where you make an offer to somebody and you don't want them to miss out. Um, For example, this is the last spot we have open in afternoon drive on our radio station. Are you interested? Or this is the last spot we have open on the back cover of our magazine. Are you, are you interested? Or we've got a 20% discount for advertisers that sign up today. My boss has said, not tomorrow, only today, 20% off if you sign up today. Or if you commit to buy now, I can offer you a front forward right page. <laughs> or I can offer you to be the first commercial in the stop set at our radio station during the, during the noon break. That's called the fear of missing out close. Now, does it work? Absolutely it does. Not on everybody. Keep in mind, some people, some advertisers, they're not going to like this technique. I mean, they just, they really don't. And so, you know, to be honest with you, you've got you've to try different techniques on different people. You also have to gauge your room, meaning you have to look into the room, okay, who are you talking to, and kind of how, what's the rapport that you've got built with them? Is this going to, is this going to work? Now, there's a side to this, though, quite honestly, that I don't, I don't, I don't appreciate, nor do I advise this missing out uh, close. And that is saying to someone, you know, I talked to John Doe this morning. We have one spot left. I talked to John Doe this morning. He said he's interested. He's got to think about it. If you don't take it, I think he's going to take it. Now, if you do that, you better be prepared that that person might say, well, I'm good then. Just let him have it. You got to be prepared for that. So make sure you're not lying, okay? (laughs) Make sure you do have somebody ready in the wings if that's the technique that you want to use. Now, there are all kinds of closing techniques. There's a ton of them out there. You can research them online. You can be coached. But quite honestly, closing effectively, it requires practice. Here's I've said this a million times to those of you that I've trained in person or on the phone or whatever, and that is professionals practice amateurs wing it. You are professional media salespeople. I mean, you need to practice. You need to make sure that you've got this down to a science. Whatever your closing technique, though, you need to control the follow-up. After you close the deal and they say, okay, I need to think about it, you control the follow-up. Get your phone out. Set up a follow-up meeting. Try to do it within the first 48 hours. Remember that 48-hour magic sales window. If you can re-engage them within 48 hours, your chances of closing them grow dramatically. So just remember, 48 hours. I mean, you really need to re-engage. The other piece of that is, really think about this. Set a plan in place to let them know that if you you don't set a meeting with me, I'm going to be one of those salespeople that's going to follow up. (laughs) let them know you're going to call them, you're going to email them. So if they will just set a meeting with you, a follow-up meeting for five minutes, if their answer is yes, awesome. If their answer is no, I will respect your no. Now, there's a lot of trainers out there in the sales business that haven't sold diddle squat in 15, 20 years, and they're still preaching from the stage. Here's the thing to remember. In today's media environment, the first no is not a yes, okay? I mean, the first yes is a no. That's not accurate, okay? 
It's not. In today's environment, when someone says no, they typically mean no. Now, the objection of no budget, which we talked about in our December podcast that's coming up after this one, if you stick around and listen. We're going to talk about that. That's a little bit different. No budget is different than just flat out no. Remember something. If you've done a great job during your sales call with them and their answer is no, then you've messed something up. Okay, the timing is off or something's off. So I'm going to sell to them later. If their answer is no, I'm going to sell to you later. So your answer is no, not a problem. I can, may I still reach out to you with new ideas and new offers? And usually the answer is yeah, no, absolutely, um, for sure. All right, we've still got questions to get to. I love these listener questions. We've got a question from Rex from Orlando. We've got a question from Diane in Fresno, California. And we've got a question from Rochester, New York. I just was at Genesee Valley Penny Saver in Rochester. Martin uh, from Rochester. I don't know that he works for that company. Um, But uh, Martin's got a question that's coming up as well. But before we get to that, two Mondays ago from this recording date, Facebook released uh, a brand new set of uh, rules and information for media companies and for advertisers. I really think that January 15th is going to go down as a day in, in media history when a lot of things changed for all of you out there in the ad sales nation. So I'm thrilled to have uh, Shannon McBride from January Spring. Uh, They are a partner here that makes this podcast happen and they're experts in digital advertising. So Shannon, thrilled to have you here. And I wanted to talk about two things. One is how will these Facebook changes affect media companies, but then also how will these Facebook changes affect the advertisers that we're selling to every day? So maybe uh, if you don't mind, could you start with how will these Facebook changes affect media companies? Absolutely. And thank you so much for um, having us join. It's a pleasure. We love your uh, podcast. Good. Um, so the most direct impact, um, the new Facebook meaningful interactions change is going to have on media companies is less exposure in readers' Facebook newsfeed. Um, Facebook's come out and said that, that Facebook is prioritizing friends and family posts over brands and media company posts. And Facebook hopes by making this change, it will increase the interaction that people have with one another, their friends and family via posts. And there are you know, a handful of ways that media companies can approach this change to take advantage of it. Um, and we pulled some of this from the LMA, uh, uh, Jeb Williams, as well as from um, Digiday um, and uh, Neva Labs, as well as Columbia Journalism Review. Okay. So um, some of these are some great uh, points. So every post about your editorial content needs to be compelling and relevant to your readers and your Facebook fans. You're going to see more interaction on, in, on editorial posts that include the human element of the story. So good storytelling is always compelling. Facebook's users also have an option to um, make sure that that news group is always appearing in their feed. And uh, media companies should make sure that they're reminding their fans to do that. And we'll have directions how to do that out on our website. Um, Facebook is also prioritizing video because people tend to interact with video more. We see that both with content and with advertising. Um, so you're going to see better engagement on a video post than you will static posts. Mm-hmm. Um, Facebook shared that video series that can tighten it communities and live videos can generate more interactions and comments between people than other types of videos. 
We also believe that direct interaction with your subscribers and readers is always the most important and valuable relationship. So it's an incredible opportunity to double down on your e-newsletter and email programs mm -hmm. because you have that direct relationship. No one, not even Facebook, can interrupt that. So they're making no bones about the fact that this impact is going to have um, an effect on advertisers. Before this week, um, Adweek actually said that only about 3% of a business's posts were ever seen by their friends wow. um, or their fans. Wow. So 3% is not a lot, No. Um, but it's going to be even less now. So um, branded content from advertisers that drive meaningful interactions will be treated just like friends and family content if it sparks a converse, conversation and shares. Okay. Um, so really, if you want your posts to be seen um, and you're more on the advertising side, you should look at a paid model. Okay. Um, and it's leading the way to reach customers on Facebook. It's a pay-to-play platform. Right. Um, so creative is going to be even more important, and bland ads are just not going to make the cut. Makes sense. Um, we have always recommended that you have a combination of a good social media presence on your page, and then you have a strong uh, social media calendar as it relates to your advertising because your posts are only going to be seen by such a small portion. And you can do so much more with the advertising dollars with targeting and, and that type of stuff. Um, and business folks are going to need help doing that because a lot of them may not know how to do that. So this is an incredible opportunity for um, sales folks to jump in and um, help their advertisers take advantage of this sure. and figure out how to do it right. Makes sense. It, would I be um, correct? So as a media salesperson, would I be correct if I was saying to an advertiser of mine, I walk in the door, the advertiser says to me, hey, I'm only doing Facebook. I'm not buying TV. I'm not buying print, whatever. Would I be correct if I said something to them along these lines? I respect what you're saying, but maybe you're not aware of the changes that Facebook made at the beginning of January. They're limiting inventory. They're limiting exposure, and if you want to get seen, you are going to need to create ridiculously compelling content, and you're going to have to pay more for it. It's going to cost you more money. Would that be accurate, not accurate? Am I close, not close? What are your thoughts on what I just said? Uh, the first half of what you said is spot on, and that they're, if they're relying on posts and they're spending money on having a social media person manage their Facebook page, um, their content is absolutely going to have to be compelling. It's going to have to have shares and likes and comments and interaction. You know, the passive like is not going to get that post seen. So they're going to have to invest in an advertising campaign. Um, Facebook has not come out and said our rates are going up. But I think the logical trajectory on where this is going, um, I think you can make the assumption that it's going to go there. We have not seen anything that said, yes, rates are definitely climbing. Um, but I, I think it's logical right? when I mean, you say your posts are going to be seen, you got to pay to play, you've got more people paying, you've got demand, you can increase rates. Oh yeah. I mean, I mean, the simple fact is, and I'm not putting words in your mouth because of the business you're in, I'll make, I'll make a bold statement so that you don't get in trouble. <laughs> this is a fact. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> this is a fact with limited inventory and the same people still wanting to get play someone is going to have to pay for that. 
And over the course, starting in 2013, we have seen increases in pay-per-click advertising 30, 40, 50% a year. I mean, I remember when this first started and I could buy clicks all day long for 25 cents. And now for the yeah. phrases, I'm paying $3.25. So I'm just saying I, you know, really see that these advertisers, if they want to get great exposure on social media, they're going to need to really make some dramatic changes. My contention would be as an advertising salesperson, that if you want to continue to have great exposure to people in a community or within an industry, we as media companies are great conduits. Don't forget about us. Social media is just one piece of the puzzle. That's my, that's my thought on it. Absolutely. Ryan. Um, we agree with you hundred um, percent as consumers and shoppers. We take a multimedia path to purchase. eMarketer has shared that 65% of us who start our path to purchase do it on a mobile phone, but then we continue to our laptop and then to our tablet. This habit doesn't change with Facebook. Advertisers still need to be everywhere their customers are, across the web, on social, and on print. Um, all of these play a role in influencing the customer's purchase path. And so it's important that the advertiser has a mix of advertising and marketing options to make sure they're influencing that buyer throughout the purchase process. No, it makes sense. And awareness advertising from a trusted media brand is important. Um, it's a component of any campaign and media companies can take advantage of that and possibly start helping them advertise on Facebook. Yeah, makes sense. But not in lieu of advertising elsewhere. Right, exactly, exactly. So I think as media sales professionals, we have to just be equipped. We have to pay attention to podcasts and blogs and things that are written because our advertisers, you know, really aren't truly paying attention. Now, I would contend that our media companies that you and I work with, that they should be equipped to offer social media management, reputation management, and that type of thing. That's why I'm, I recommend you guys, and we're partnering together. So if you don't mind, just real briefly, explain to the folks that are listening to the podcast, what does January spring do for media companies? Um, well, thank you for asking, Ryan. Um, we partner with media companies to ensure they themselves are digitally optimized. We help publishers grow their digital audience and subscribers through social media e-newsletters, and um, website redesigns. We're actually working on one right now that's going to be launching February 1st um, that we can't wait to show off. Um, we also bring a best-of-breed advertising solution for our publisher partners to service their own advertisers. So if they need a digital agency but don't want to staff up in-house, we can sit behind the scenes and enable their sales reps to take that product to market and fulfill it. Uh, conversely, if they do want to build an in-house digital agency, we will partner with them to help them identify who are the right vendors, what's the right uh, price point, what's the right price point to go to market, how to negotiate these contracts. So we will help with all of that. That's awesome. Well, it's one of the reasons that I really am excited to be working with you because a lot of these media companies need to offer these type of services to their advertisers, but don't want to add staff. So I always tell people, you know, you guys do the heavy lifting. They sell it and make the money from it. It's just a really, really great, uh, you know, really great partnership. Hey, so um, Shannon, where are they going to go? You mentioned um, that this information is going to be online. 
where do people go online or on Facebook or whatever to uh, read more about uh, these Facebook changes? Um, well, the easiest place would be to go out to Facebook and type in January spring and our page will pop up and we will have all this information listed out there. We will also include it on our website, JanuarySpring.com. All right, cool, Shannon. Thanks so much for uh, meeting with us and sharing your expertise. Well, I appreciate that, Ryan. And would you like to hear a little silver lining about all these changes? Oh, sure. We're going to see less posts from the Kardashians. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Ryan. All right, if you got questions, send them in. Rex did, Diane did, Martin did. Send them into Ryan at RyanDorn.com. D-O-H-R-N. Ryan at RyanDorn.com. All right, Rex from sunny Orlando. That's where BlueToadPublishing.com is at in Orlando. All right, Ryan, my manager is a real tool. <laughs> How do you really feel, Rex? He's so focused on call volume that he's missing out uh, on the research that's needed to really connect with a client. Your thoughts on call, call volume over call quality. Well, Rex, um, I hate to tell you this, brother, but you're probably not going to uh, like my answer, but because you're a member of the Ad Sales Nation, I want to answer your, your question and answer it with some passion. I think the answer is yes and no. Is call volume important? Yes, it is. Um, is call quality important? Yes, it is. So two points. Number one, most salespeople do not use math to their advantage. You need to understand that I know very few superstar media salespeople that have like a top 10 list. It's not enough. You have to at least have a top 20 list or like I teach in my book, Selling Backwards, a big 50 list. You need to be prospecting a lot of people. The more people you reach out to, the greater your chances of closing a deal. That's what your tool of a boss, <laughs> that's what your boss is trying to get you to do. Now, call quality. Absolutely. In today's environment, you want to get specific if you want to get results. When I'm reaching out to somebody, I'm saying, hey, Bob, I'm calling about your XT200 product that you're promoting on Facebook. I've got 15,000 potential new customers that need to hear about this, brother. Let's get on the phone together. Okay, let's, we got to talk about this. So what I'm doing is I'm getting very specific. So here's an idea, uh, Rex. What if you go to your boss and you say, hey, you want me to make 40 calls a day? And I can respect that. What if for two weeks I made 20 calls a day and he gave me a little more time to do some research? Is that something that you could agree to as a bit of a test? Because I feel like I don't have time to do the proper research I need to really connect with these folks. And, you know, if the boss is like, no, you know, I just really want you to do that, then, then try to figure out time to do it on your own. Research on your own time so that you can make sure your call quality is as high as possible. Now, for all the managers out there, I would tell you this. Uh, typically, the most I can ever see uh, an account rep working would be 10 clients in the morning, 10 in the afternoon for a total of 20. And that's called a big 50 list. It's 10 a day times five days of the week for a total of 50. And I very rarely do most reps, unless they're brand new, have time to do a lot more than a big 50 list. And if you don't know what that is, uh, reach out to me. Um, I'll sell you some videos on it. I'll sell you a book. I'll sell you all kinds of stuff. Sell you some advice <laughs> as well on that. So, all right, Rex, in Ad Sales Nation, T-shirt is going to be headed uh, your way. So thanks for reaching out with that question. 
All right, Fresno, California in the house. Diane from Fresno. Uh, Ryan, my biggest objection lately is no budget. Uh, any thoughts on this common objection? Diane, do I have news for you, my friend? The December 2017 podcast of Ad Sales Nation was 100% dedicated to that topic. So when we're done here today, Diane, all you have to do is stay right here on iTunes or SoundCloud or Amazon or Spotify or whatever. Stay right here. And the December 2017 podcast is 100% dedicated to that uh, topic. Now, in case you don't want to stick around, <laughs> the most common thing that I do when someone says, listen, I don't have any budget, is I try to focus in immediately on what I believe one or more of their pain points are. So let's just say that you are in a particular industry and every service provider in that industry has a particular pain point. Let me give you an example. Um, if you happen to be in a local market and you're a jeweler, what you probably want is more new customers to come through the front door, okay? If you happen to be in the medical supply business and you sell, you sell medical devices, it is highly likely that you want more hospitals or doctors to buy that product. I focus in on their pain points to try to get them to a meeting, okay? But Diane, stick around. Stay close. That podcast is coming up next. All right, Rochester, New York. Martin in Rochester said this, I hate my CRM. In all capital letters, I hate it. <laughs> Do you have any tips or tricks? Because I feel like I'm doing work twice. Um, first of all, Martin, change your attitude, man. No. <laughs> first of all, Martin, um, no CRM is perfect, but every CRM has its features, advantages, and benefits that are stronger than others. Um, and for me, um, there's not one that's exactly perfect, but I will tell you this. They all do an amazing job, and it's an amazing piece of technology. Now, I mentioned um, I use the magazine manager and the newspaper manager, but let me give you a couple of shortcuts. One of the things that I do is I dictate notes into my CRM. So every CRM has an area for notes, and most CRMs, not all, have an app. So what I'm doing if I'm on a sales call is I'm actually pulling up the CRM on my app. I'm putting the cursor inside the note box. I'm then clicking the microphone icon on my iPhone, and I dictate directly into the notes column, and then I save it. Now in a desktop version, um, I have a Mac. And so I click the function key twice, and the dictation shortcut pops up. If you don't have that as a Mac user, download it, install it. I hit function, function, and I take notes, and I dictate them directly into the CRM. And that saves me a tremendous amount of time. Now, Martin, you and I, I don't think we know each other. But the Martin, one of the things to really understand is that very often what I find about CRMs is that the reason people hate them is because they were poorly trained. I was talking to the vice president of sales over at the magazine manager about this, a guy, a great guy named Andy Balch. And one of the things Andy told me um, very vividly is that whenever they encounter a customer that's not happy, which is very rarely, but whenever they encounter one that's not happy, what they usually find is that people weren't paying attention during training. They need more training. Think about this, Martin. If you could become an admin of that CRM, if you could become a warrior, I mean, a really an admin, and really know it inside and out, more than likely it will potentially change your sales life. 
Here's the last takeaway on this CRM conversation. And by the way, I didn't put this question in just to plug the sponsor. It is a question that was sent in. Okay, and Martin, I will send you an Ad Sales Nation podcast. I don't know any media sales superstars that do not use a CRM. Every superstar that I know uses some type of CRM tool. And so I think that's really, really important. All right, Rex, Diane, Martin, an Ad Sales Nation uh, podcast t-shirt is going to be headed your way. If you've got questions that you'd like for me to answer, please, please send them over to me. Happy to answer those questions. I had several that were sent in and couldn't get to all of them. Uh, so maybe we'll put some of them in uh, next month. If I promised that I'd do that, I'll make sure I do it next month. So thank you so much for those questions. Send them out to ryan at ryandorn.com, ryan at ryandorn.com, D-O-H-R-M. Hey, 2018 is here. I would love to come to your office and train your sales team. It's not as expensive as you might think. Reach out to me. Are you looking for coaching? I coach about 70-some-odd clients a month. I've got John here, 30 years of experience. John has in the coaching business, in the media business, um, and John's available to coach folks as well. Great, great guy. And then we've also got Clay here. And what Clay does is Clay can come on location uh, to your office, and he does improv sales training. So if you're looking for something that's really fun for your sales team to do, reach out to me. I'll put you in touch with Clay. Uh, he rode and worked at uh, Second City Comedy Club in Chicago. Really funny guy. Salesman deluxe. And he really can add some new flavor uh, to your sales meetings and things like that as well. So, all right, friends, I'm thrilled that you're a part of the Ad Sales Nation. I live it every day just like you. And remember, if ad sales was easy, everybody would be doing it, and they're not. So, uh, we're either crazy or we found a career that will feed our families for a lifetime. Remember, folks, if you want more information on anything you heard in this podcast today, reach out to us at 360adsales.com, 360adsales.com. That's where you'll find the links to the podcast, the blog, and everything else that we do in the Ad Sales Nation, 360adsales.com. If you want to offer social or digital display services or reputation management to your advertisers, January Spring does the heavy lifting. You reap the profit, januaryspring.com. The official CRM tool of Brainswell Media and the Ad Sales Nation podcast is the magazine manager and the newspaper manager. Learn more online, magazinemanager.com or thenewspapermanager.com. Looking to take your PDF flipbooks to a whole new level? Reach out to the fine folks at Blue Toad, bluetoadpublishing.com, bluetoadpublishing.com. Last but definitely not least, the official content management system of the Ad Sales Nation is metropublisher.com. Before you spend thousands of dollars redesigning your website just to be unhappy, Metro Publisher helps you build revenue-centric websites, and they're amazing. Metropublisher.com. All right, friends, that's it for January 2018. If you're looking for more information, reach out to us at 360adsales.com. 360adsales.com. Up next, the Ad Sales Nation podcast. The topic is turning no budget into a closed deal. I'm Ryan Dorn. We'll see you out on the street.